We worship you, Almighty God, God three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are deeply grateful that you reveal yourself to us through the Holy Scriptures. And we are so privileged as sinful people to come so close to you. We thank you. You are a consuming fire. You are light, pure light. You are love. You are gracious. And you are merciful. We thank you. We marvel at you. We wonder at you. You are wonderful. You are marvelous. And I worship you, almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It is knowing God that is so important. Hallelujah. You know, our main scripture is Daniel 11. For our friends of Daniel Kingdom Church members, Daniel chapter 11, 32. The people who know their God will display strength and take action. Amen. It is knowing God. Amen. It is knowing God. There are very little of knowing God. Therefore, this book I have here of J.I.A. Pecker, Knowing God. I've got even a other book here of Arthur Pink. I love to study who God is. Amen. Praise God. The attributes of God. This morning, I'm touching and preaching and teaching on the fear of God. Amen. The fear of the Lord. When I speak, as Daniel says, the people who know their God. Amen. It's out of knowing God that your strength comes. Amen. Therefore, I have that other book of, of uh, uh, D.L. Moody, a mighty great evangelist, a general in the work of God in history of the church. Secret power. The power comes from knowing God. Amen. And to know somebody, you need to spend time with that person. You need to be often in the presence of such a person. That's how you start to even become like God. Therefore, worship must be exclusively unto God. The reason is threefold. The thing you worship gets control of you. Number two, you become like the object 
you worship. Do you hear me? And number three, the thing you worship possess you. Amen. It becomes, it governs you. Amen. Do you hear me? Praise God. So therefore we must exclusively and only worship God. But I'm speaking firstly about knowing. The word know out of uh, Daniel 11.32, out of knowing comes strength and then comes action, effect, effective action. The people who know their God will display strength and take action. Much action and activity in the church is fruitless because it doesn't spring and come out of time spent with God, knowing God. But the word know means it's not just knowledge. The word know in the Hebrew and the Greek speaks of experiential knowledge, not theoretical knowledge, because you can know a lot of facts about any high person in the world, whether it was uh, the Queen of England or whether it's the President of South Africa or whoever you know about, that's knowledge. But if you've been in the presence of such a person, spend time with such a person, your knowledge has become intimate knowledge, experiential knowledge. That's the kind of knowledge God wants from all of us. Two things to sum up that you need to know about God. It is God's goodness and God's severity. Amen. Amen. If you want to turn, turn to Romans chapter 11 verse 22. When Paul speaks in this chapter of Romans 11, he saw how God has cut off Israel from the olive tree and placed us in, grafted us in to the olive tree. Then he says, look how severe God has dealt with Israel to cut them off. Then he said, in that cutting off of Israel, we see the severity, the, the sternness, the strictness of God, the judgment of God. Then Paul says, we who are Gentiles, who have now been engrafted into the olive tree, we must not be stay in pride, but we must move on in faith. Otherwise, God will cut us off too. But I want you to see these two things in the character of God, who God is. Because many people like to just bathe themselves in the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the patience of God, but they don't know the other side of God. Amen. These two sides are like two railway lines. They are twins. They go together. Do you hear me? This, and let me read now Romans 2, 11 verse 22. Paul says, Behold then the goodness and severity of God. To those who fell, severity, but to you, the Gentiles, God's goodness, if you continue in his goodness. The word if says it's conditional, so we need to progress in God's goodness. Amen. Then he says, otherwise you also will be cut off, my Lord, and the church. And the Gentiles are under verts of being cut off. Do you hear me? It's under verts to being cut off. Signs that the Gentiles are being cut off is in Romans chapter 1, where Paul says people are without excuse to serve God. Romans 1. Then three times he he, he writes these words that's so painful. The, the words are, and God gave them up. God gave them up three times. And when he says the signs that God has given up a people 
is when they degrade their bodies among one another. In other words, sexual lucent. Second sign is when people become homosexuals and also when they become lesbians and when others uh, give their approval and turn a blind eye to people who become ungodly and anti, uh, anti-Christ, anti-God. That's the sign that God has given people up. In Genesis 6, before the flood of Noah, God said to Noah, My spirit will not always strive with man. This is the side of God few people like and don't want to ponder on. My Lord, read with me Psalm 101. Then you will see David says in his house and in God's house, he will sing of these two characteristics of God. Do you hear me? Amen. Amen. I'm reading in the King James Version, Psalm 101 verse 1. David says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. Do you see the twins there? Mercy and judgment or the goodness of God and the severity of God. Verse 2, let's read through the psalm. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way, said David. Oh, when will thou come unto me? That's the heart of the psalm. David want God with him. David want to enjoy intimacy with God. And he says, God, the psalm is about, I make all preparations to have you with me. I will even chase away those who are disloyal. I will even cut off those who keep on sinning. But I want you with me. Because they cannot give me what you give me. You are supreme in my life. Verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will thou come unto me? Then he says, I will walk within my heart. In my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. Those who fall away. I hate their works he says. It shall not cleave to me. You must listen. You must not let those who fall away. Their words. Their ways. And what they are doing ever cleave to you. You must not only compromise with it. But David says, I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Verse 4. I forward. uh, Let me read this in the New American Standard. Verse 4. Amen. Verse 3 says. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the works of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. Do you hear me? If you crooked in heart, David says you will depart from me. I will know no evil. Verse 5. I'm speaking about the fear of God. Whoever secretly slander his neighbor, him will I destroy. Slander speak of assassinating other people's character. To bring people's character down. To speak negatively and, and, and about the sin and the wrong of other people. My God, I'm speaking of knowing God. David says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him will I destroy. Why do you go closer and want to have fellowship with those who slander 
the neighbor, uh, your neighbor, amen, or those who are falling away. David says, I will destroy no one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure, amen, who looks down upon others. Arrogance is inflated ego and pride. You don't know God if you have these things. Verse 6. My eyes shall be upon the faithful, the loyal of the land, the regular, the trustworthy. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. Can you see that? I cannot have people even in leadership whether it's youth, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's on what low level, I cannot have somebody minister to me and have these negative God-hating characteristics. Verse 7, He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. In other words, even if I gave you a position in the church and you are being seen as someone who is detected and proven, you speak falsehood, you practice deceit, you fellowship with those who are disloyal, you won't maintain your position. This is the word of the living God. Psalm 101. Amen. Let me show you the great privilege of knowing God. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 9. Hallelujah. Let me get it in my hard copy to the glory of God. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 9. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by the word of the living God? Jeremiah chapter Nine, verse 23. Amen. I'm teaching you what I am living. Amen. The more I know about God, the more fascinated I am with God. The, the, the deeper my worship, because God is wonderful. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord, this is God speaking. Let not a, a wise man boast of his wisdom. And, not, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. And let not a rich man boast of his riches. Isn't that what people boast in? Number one, his education, his wisdom. God says, don't. I will, God is going to show you in what you can boast. But he says, don't boast because of your degree. You're a doctor, you're a professor, you're a scientist, you come from university. God says, don't brag about that, man. The Lord says, secondly, he says, don't brag about your might. That speaks of your occupation. You are president, you are CEO, you are a teacher, you are a brilliant soccer player, you are a star in whatever. He says, don't boast about that. Thirdly, he says, don't boast about your financial status, your riches. Three, three things you should not boast in, the Lord says. Then verse 24, he's going to tell you in what you can boast. But let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me. Do you hear that? Hallelujah. My wife liked to, to uh, uh, recite this, what I'm telling all believers. It says, the chief end of man is to know God, to enjoy Him, and to serve Him. Hallelujah. The highest, the top goal man can reach is to know God. Intimately to know God. And I'll show you now. There's three levels of walking with God. Let me give it to you before I forget. 
please write down. First you walk before God. Amen. Genesis chapter 17. God said to Abram, walk before me. And I will be Jehovah El Sadai to you. It's the first time that God revealed this covenant name of him. El Sadai means I will be more than enough for you. I will be too much for you. I'll cover all your needs and even spoil you, Abram. But the first level is walk before me. That means my eyes are always watching you as you walk before me. That is the lowest level. The other level is follow me. Amen. Jesus is now he walks in front of you. Not you. The first level is you walk in front. And God is watching you. You walk under the eye of God. But the second level is because he can trust you now. Now he walks in front of you and you follow him. Amen. Jesus says, follow me. In other words, follow my example. I am your role model. You want to become like me. The third and the highest level is. You're walking with God. Enoch walked with God. Hallelujah. With God means you're in the friendship with God. Where God shares his secret and his heart. Do you have that? Amen. It's a sermon. Amen. In my preaching, there's lots of sermons. Amen. It is rich what I'm sharing with you. I think I need to write some booklets because my preaching is so rich. Amen. Do you have those three levels? Walk before me, Genesis chapter 17. And you know when God told Abram that? uh, It was after 13 years That God did not speak to Abram. Why did God not speak to Abram? According to the end of Genesis chapter 16. Because Abram went out of the will of God. Listening to his wife Sarah. And Abram produced a child by his servant Hagar. By listening to Sarah, you must be careful from who you take advice. Especially those you have affection for. Those who are your children. Those, a person who is your husband. A person who is your wife. Be careful for those who are close to you. And giving you advice out of the will of God. Amen. Do you hear me? The world is in sin. Because Adam listened to his wife. My God. You must be careful. For listening to those you have feelings for. A boyfriend. A girlfriend. That's out of the will of God. A wife that's out of the will of God. That speaks the voice and the ideas of Satan. Satanic ideas and thoughts. My God, I will preach this sermon in two parts. Amen. I can feel it because I feel the Holy Spirit want me not to rush over things. Do you hear? We are fasting this Wednesday in these directions. Genesis 17, the end of chapter 16. You will find out Abram was 86 years old when... Ismail was born. And then Genesis 17 start. Abram was 99 years old. 86 means for 13 years God did not speak to Abram. He was unhappy with Abram. For 13 is the number of rebellion. You were rebellious. Disobedient. To God, my Lord. And the Bible says a rebellious man seeks only evil. Do you hear me? Proverbs 17. Amen. And most people that rebel against God and his servant, 
They are rebellious. And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You are a witch in that sense. And you are living an idolatry life. In other words, you are the God. You are your opinion, your will is your God. And then it's camouflage in the dress of a sheep. But you are a wolf. My God, have mercy on you. Amen. And such people must be careful. I'll get later towards that. But I'm pointing out 13 years. Then God says to Abram, the first level, walk before me like a child. Your child in the mall must walk before you, not beside, not behind you, in front of you. God says, I want to observe and see and watch you. Amen. He said to Abram, walk before, then I will be Jehovah El Sadai to you. In the New Testament, this covenant name is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. Where he speaks, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Amen. Do you hear me? Not in politics, not in marriage, not in business, not socially. Don't, if you are in con- and in fellowship with un- it sows God, according to James chapter 4. He says, those who are friends with the world are enemies of God because the world is a enemy of God. Is the word clear? We are not against anybody. May God have mercy. But God is not only merciful, God is severe. God is stern. God judges. God can, God has got wrath against rebellion because rebellion is satanic. Do you hear me? Rebellion is fully satanic. My God, have, have mercy. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 6. There's God's covenant name. Then he says, come out from among them. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Come out from among them, he says. And then he says, and I will receive you. And I will dwell with you. Then God says these two powerful things. Amen. And I, he says, and I will be a father to you. And you will be sons and daughters to me. Hallelujah. Amen. It's hardly where the Bible will speak in a female way. But there the Bible says you will be sons and not girls and not women. Daughters means innocent, pure. You will be daughters unto me. Says the Lord Jehovah El Sadai. 1st, 2nd Corinthians chapter 6. Then chapter 7 verse 1. He says, let us perfect holiness in the fear of God. Do you have that? Hallelujah. Before I get back to, to Jeremiah chapter 9. Let me read that. It is such so that you can see. Because some people might say, but I don't see the fear of God in the, in the New Testament. My God, are you there? Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Hallelujah. Let me read the last verse in chapter 6. Amen. And I will be a father to you. Amen. Even verse 17 says, And do not touch what is unclean. Whenever I read that, I remember I worked in an office in Woodstock in a, 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 at a, at a clothing factory and this this uh, other unbeliever says it could just give the packet of cigarettes to that person over there when I gave it to the other person I came back and I said to him you know the Lord tells me I must not even touch what is unclean you don't ever do that to me by me giving cigarettes to somebody else my God Then God says, and I will welcome you. Chapter 6, verse 18. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord El Sadai. Amen. 
And then verse 1 of chapter 7. Therefore having these promises beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In other words you cannot become a holy person unless you fear God. Then he says you must be cleansed. From defilement of the flesh. Defilement of the flesh is through deeds and acts and sinful deeds and works. But defilement of the spirit that happens. You defile or pollute your spirit from wrong things going on in your mind. Your imagination. Your reasoning. By that you defile your spirit. But you perfect holiness. In the fear of God. You hardly hear people speak today about holiness. My God. We should be a holy people. This is what I'm preaching. It's the cure for the virus. It's the cure for your need of money. It's the cure for your health. It's the cure for your marriage. It's the cure for everything. Doctor and Dr. D. Martin Lloyd, a mighty man of God. Hallelujah. He preached and he says, the solution for depression is doctrine. Amen. The preaching of doctrine. Hallelujah. I'm reading again Jeremiah 20, uh, chapter 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord. It's not Edgar's idea. Not friends of Daniel's idea. He says, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom. That's in his education. Let not a man boast in his might. That is your occupation. Let not a man boast in his riches. That means how much you have in the bank or your material possessions. Verse 24 of Jeremiah 9. Let him who boasts. Boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord to exercise loving kindness. Amen. The word loving kindness is covenant love. Or the word is, uh, the King James word says, I exercise mercy. Amen. Amen. And then he says, and justice. And righteousness on the earth. Amen. Boast that you know, if you know God. You will be for righteousness. You will be for justice. You will be for loving kindness. Amen. Amen. For I delight in these things. Declares the Lord. Hallelujah. God delights in these things. Amen. The next point I want to show you. The fear of God. Not only will keep you holy. But the fear of God. Leads to knowing God. Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 5. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 5. Hallelujah. Praise God. And here I want to bless you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5. Hallelujah. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. The Hebrew way of writing, I will put it in two, in one sentence. Through the fear of the Lord, you will discover the knowledge of God. Amen. You will know God intimately. Don't let somebody tell you he knows God and he don't fear God. My Lord. Amen. Do you hear? You will discern the fear of God. In other words, you are learning the fear of God. Then you discover. It's a discovery to know. Few know God. There are even many men with mighty deeds, miracles. But the man is so cold. The man don't, children don't have excess. The weak, the cripple, the poor, 
cannot reach him or talk to him. My God, God is different. Amen. Show me through your humility how you know God. Your meekness. Meekness means you pliable. You're accessible to everybody. My God, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Watch me, my spiritual father, teach me. Meekness is one of the highest qualities in a mature Christian. Hallelujah. Humility and meekness. You see, the closer you come to God, the less there remain of you. Therefore, God says you cannot see me and live. In other words, the closer you get to God, the little there are left of you. My God, God becomes everything and you will express God's character to the glory of God. I want you to see here from verse 3, three things. That must be in somebody that knows God's life. The first one is knowledge. The second one is understanding or insight. And the third one is wisdom. And it's in that level. Amen. Knowledge and insight and wisdom. And why I'm reading this and sharing this. Because my spiritual father, Derek Prince. He said one day was teaching on the, these line, lines and somebody came forward and told him she had a vision while he was speaking. And she saw three faces guarding over him like watchmen. And the one face was bold and strong and clear. The, the second face was less clear. The last one was, was very dim. And very distant. And then God gave Derek Prince the interpretation. He said at that time of his spiritual life. His knowledge was bold and clear. Because that is the first face that the person saw. But the second face, his insight was, was less. And his wisdom was very dim. And God was reminding him. In what areas he needs to grow. I'm reading to you verse 4. If you seek her as silver. And search for her as hidden treasures. Okay verse sorry it's verse, verse uh, 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. And if you cry for discernment. Lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. My God, I try to whet your appetite through what I am sharing with you. I'm trying to, to show you. Amen. I'm trying to show you. That it's through the fear of God that you discover the knowledge of God. Even the sevenfold anointing of Isaiah chapter 11. He will tell you this. The last couplings of the sevenfold spirit of God is the fear of God and the knowledge of God. Isaiah 11. He speaks. About the spirit of understanding and of might. The spirit of counsel. But then he ends off and he says. This, these are the couplings. The spirit of the knowledge of God. And the spirit of the fear of God. Amen. Amen. And then he ends off and gives commentary. Of only one of those seven spirits. He says, Jesus Christ will delight himself in the fear of the Lord. That's what I'm teaching and striving in the teaching and preaching this morning. That you get a liking in the fear of God. It's not a threat. It's not something that brings terror. 
and cause you to, you will run away if you love sin and if you love unrighteousness, if you love deceit, if you love lies, if you love your own will, if you are idolater, that you are your, your, the God to yourself, then you will not like the fear of the Lord. But Isaiah 11 says, after he described the seven spirits of God, he says, Christ will delight himself in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. And this lampstand is a symbol of a, of a top class church. It's even higher than the nine gifts of the spirit. The, a top class church. What friends of Daniel are striving for is to have the sevenfold anointings of the Spirit of God. And what I'm striving for is that friends of Daniel Kingdom Church must delight itself, every one of you, in the fear of the Lord. Even the name Daniel means Pastor, tell us, his name means God is my judge. God, if you want to see a wonder why was Daniel so successful that he had many angelic visitations. And when the angels see him, you know how they greet him. They said, oh, Daniel, man of high esteem. Oh, Daniel, man of high esteem. Why high esteem? He had a name in heaven and among the angels of God because Daniel had God as his charts. Daniel feared the Lord. Therefore, it's not in quotation of Daniel 11 verse 32 that you're living in the reality thereof. The people who know their God will display strength and take action. My God, in this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord leads to the sevenfold anointings of God. The fear of the Lord leads to the protection of angels, even closing the mouths of lions, even causing fire not to touch those three Hebrew young men. Hallelujah! Because they feared God. As I said to you already, the only thing you need to fear is to fear God. Then you don't need to fear danger. You don't need to fear your past, your present, your future. Do you fear the Lord? Are you fearing God? And I want to show you, it's a decision. Let me hasten and, and, and read to you Proverbs chapter 1. And this is vital for you to understand. Proverbs chapter 1. Number 1, I'm try, I've tried to show you, and I'll show you later on. You must be taught the fear of the Lord. Amen. Then David would say, who you say? David. Uh, because after David's sin committed adultery, even caused somebody, the wife of the woman, uh, the man of the woman he committed adultery to, to his, the, David caused him to be murdered, to be killed. That is the heroes of the Bible. Because we, God wants to show we all sinners. And we need to humble ourselves before God. Do you hear me? Even Moses committed a murder, killed somebody. These are our heroes. Why are there sins in the Bible? Because God wants to tell you we need to pray for one another. And we need to humble ourselves before the But Moses was the most meekest man upon the face of the earth. David was a man of the God's heart. So you display the faults and the sins of man of God. God will judge you. Amen. Do you hear me? Because they are more broken. They are more useful today 
to God and to His glory. And where God wants to show you that we need to look to Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to show you through Proverbs chapter. Who's Proverbs? Who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. Hey, you know the life of Solomon. My God. And and Proverbs 1. I'm reading it because I want to show you. You need to decide to fear the Lord. It's a choice. You must decide. You must make a will decision, not an emotional, a will decision. I gonna fear the Lord. Proverbs chapter one. I'm I'm let me read to you the verse. Verse twenty-nine. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. You heard the alarm going off. It's somebody's call outside, but God wants to tell us, amen, the trumpet is blowing when it comes to the fear of the Lord. And the alarm is going off in God's word. Are you waking up? Are you heeding, heeding the word of God? Verse chapter 1 of Proverbs verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. But I want you to follow me what God is saying from verse 20. From verse 22. How long, O naive ones, will you love simplicity? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing. And fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof, says wisdom. Verse verse 23. Behold... I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called, that is wisdom calling, and you refuse. I stretch even now through the preaching. I stretch out my hand and no one pay attention. And you neglect all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity, says God. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come on you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of The Lord, my God, the fear of the Lord is a choice. It's a decision. Let me give you a definition and define to you the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, amen, is to bend to God's light. That every area of your life. Is under the eyes of God. Amen. To bend to God's light. So that every area of your life. Is under the eyes of God. Amen. What areas? Let me, uh, or let me first show you. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. I'll be through in about... 10 minutes. Amen. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord goes to and throw throughout all the earth. Seek a heart that is completely His to strongly support such a person. Amen. So God's eyes can only find delight in a person whose heart is completely His. Completely means all areas of your heart. Clothing area, money area, relationship area, the area of your material possessions, the area of your marriage, the area of your workplace, the area of uh, your future, your past. Your, all areas of your heart is completely honorable to God. God says, my eyes goes to 
to and throw. In other words, it's scanning the earth. And if I find Satsahad, I will strongly support him. Amen. Those eyes of God found David, not David's parents, not David's brothers, not even being invited to the meeting with the prophet Samuel came. They all overlooked David. But God says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. Amen. And how do you know God found him? Because God strongly supported him from a shepherd boy. He became the greatest king in the world apart from Christ. And apart from, uh, apart from Christ Jesus, yes, that every other king were measured in, in honorability and dignity and integrity. With David, he was not like David. Amen. A man after God's heart with all David's mistakes. A man after God's heart because David wanted to do and he did do all the will of God. Amen. A heart that's after God delights to do the will of God for your life and for the church. Not your own will. The will of God. So David did not only walk before God. He did not only follow God. He walked with God. God shared with David secrets. My God. Did those eyes of God found you already? No. If not, then the problem is with you because the eyes goes to and throw. It's like a searchlight. Looking every day. Is, are there such a heart somewhere? My God. Do you hear me? Proverbs 15 verse 3 says. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Seeing the good and the evil. My God. I give you six areas. That God you must especially fear God. This is not the obvious the objective, what, a, what is the appearance? As God said to Samuel, don't look at the appearance of a man. Don't look at his house, his bank balance or account or his car or his suits or the crowds. No, God says, I look at the heart. Amen. Six areas. That's the unseen area. Number one is the heart. Amen. Jeremiah 17, please read it. Verse 9 to 11 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Do you hear me? He says at the end, such a man, if his heart were not right, he will be found out to be a fool. A fool. Jeremiah chapter 17. So the heart. Number two, the mind. Is God God? Do you fear God in your heart? Do you fear God in your mind? That means in your reasonings. Amen. Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was sly. Jacob was crafty. That was Jacob's heart and mind. Do you hear me? Number three in your motives. Your motives is what drives you to do certain things. You in the band. You are a singer, you are a dancer, you are a preacher. The way you dress, what the way you dress, what motivates you? Amen. What is your motive? My God. Amen. And number four, your attitude. Amen. Your attitude determines your altitude. You get people that are very skillful, but maybe your boss, he don't like your attitude, your arrogance. Your pride. Follow Christ's attitude. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this attitude be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was equal with God. He humbled himself. 
He emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. He walked the streets. God walked the streets of Jerusalem. And many did not observe even. It was God the Son walking the streets. But you would have your credentials on your uh, everywhere. Who you are. Doctor so and so. Or Mr. Whatever. No, it's not even Apostle Jesus, Dr. Jesus. My God, it's just Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Your attitude. Number five, your intentions. The intention of your heart. Please read Acts. I'm closing now. Acts chapter 8, verse 21 to verse 23. The Bible says, Simon the sorcerer. He also were baptized. And then Peter came there. And Peter came in Samaria and he said, Simon, may you repent of the intention of your heart because you're in a gall of bitterness. You are enslaved. My God, what is your intention? Why you visit people? Why you go somewhere? What is your intention? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13. It will say the word of God is active, penetrating to bone and marrow, amen, soul and spirit, and discern the intention of the heart, amen. And number six, your conscience, amen, your conscience. And then I want to read to you just two things, amen, the intention and your conscience. First Timothy chapter 1, when it comes to conscience, conscience, verse 19 says, They rejected a good conscience and suffered shipwrecked. There are many in the church, they don't listen to their con- the conviction of their conscience. And it's like a ship that's still moving, but there's a hole somewhere, and water is sipping and coming in, to the ship all the time. Suddenly. The believer is shipwrecked. He falls apart. He falls away. It's because of not keeping. A good conscience. You need to fear God in your heart. In your mind. In your motives. In your attitudes. In your intentions. And in your conscience. Ananias and Sapphira, which my wife read about, Acts chapter 5. They conceived the idea to lie to the Holy Spirit. And Peter, through a word of knowledge, exposed them. Ananias, the husband, dropped dead because he lied to the Holy Spirit. Are you living a lie to the Holy Spirit? Are you having wrong intentions? Are you a Judas? Are you trying to deceive the leaders of God? God is not physically here, but He comes through His men and through His women. Amen. We hear. Praise God. Amen. And Ananias dropped dead because he lied to God. What was it all about? About money? About position? I don't get position here. Probably Sister Sophia motivated her husband. Look what happened to Barnabas. He got position. He sold his ground. Let's do the same. It was because of position. It was wrong intentions. As Bishop Dag writes, those who pretend, those who pretend. Let me say, and then after three hours, Sister Sophia came and she confirmed the lie. And she also dropped dead. And great fear came upon the church. Listen, I have seen God dealing with people. Great mighty men of God. In an accident dead and gone. I've seen people trying to harm me as a servant of God. What happened to them? They sick. 
They die even before their time. Even a colleague of mine, I think it's other issues also, but lost both legs because of fighting the work of God. The Bible says first, I'm closing now, First Corinthians chapter 3, those who want to destroy the house of God, God will destroy them. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, you return evil for good, evil won't depart from you. Bishop Dag says anyone who attacks him and the church of God, he's got no other weapon but to pray certain prayers against such people. Don't cause a man of God to pray certain prayers when it comes to you. It won't be good for you. It, you have no defense. You are a sheep. You are vulnerable to God. Fear the Lord. When it comes to the Lord's Supper, and with this I close. Do you hear me? But I want to close with Psalm 25. Amen. Turn to Psalm 25. But my wife read about the Lord's Supper. And let me first say something about that. You see, when it comes to the breaking of bread, we need to see the body is separated from the blood as the bread is separated from the wine. It means a death took place. What brought about the death of our Lord Jesus? It was sin. And if you persist with sin, delight in sin. I don't speak of making mistakes. We no one is sinless. Do you hear me? And you don't even plan to reject and turn from your sin. Because it's not honorable to confess your sin. Repentance is not confessing your sin. It's turning from your sin. It's leaving your sin. As Proverbs 28 verse 13 says. He says those who confess and forsake their sin. Will find grace and favor from God. Proverbs 28 verse 13. Now back to the Lord's Supper. It was sin that brought the death of our Lord Jesus about. How can you love that which caused the death of our Lord Jesus Christ? Please follow this example. If a man was a drunkard drinking, drinking wine. And because of his driving and drinking, he was under the influence of wine. He caused a big accident that his mom died in the accident. The mom was in his car. And the father, his father died. His wife died. And his children died. Why was it? Because of the alcohol. Because of the wine. If you find such a man. After a year. Still drinking and driving. You will shake him. You will tell him. You will rebuke him. You will tell him. Don't you know what the wine and the alcohol has caused? So when we break bread, you must say sin was the cause of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why am I still delighting in sin? Look what it cost. My God. If somebody, I've, I took one of our dogs many years ago to be taken out. Oh man, the needle just touched my dog. And they went down and he died. Now that is the poison that comes through the needle. Imagine that man says, here's a clean glass of water. I'm just going to put a drop of the poison in this water. Will you drink it? No. So a little sin. I'm speaking about the fear of God. Let's close. And I read this to bless you. And next week. Part 2. Amen. Psalm 25 verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? God will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity. 
and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he will make known to them his covenant. Wow. Please sit and unpack this. The treasures that they are in the fear of the Lord. I'm reading again. You found me At my worst You died At my worst You loved me And at my worst You tried To tell me That the best thing